Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is the very word of our God as it is found for us this day in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, I'm sure that most of us know how debilitating fear is. You know, in many respects, it's like a bully that lives inside of our head. Fear relies on scare tactics and literally a surprise attacks. It watches for the moment when we are most vulnerable and it literally tries to pick the lock of our security. Again, it's one thing that I can't stand because fear literally tries to immobilize us, tries to rob us of our inner peace and our outward poise. You know, last week, my wife and I celebrated our wedding anniversary. And so we decided to do something different. We took the, the kids and the grandkids to uh, Blissfield uh, to uh, have dinner there. And as we traveled there, we, of course, we had to go through the big town of Britain, you know. And uh, I felt a need uh, to point out some of the places that are important to our family. So I said to them, now, here's where your great, great, great grandmother lived. And this is the place where my grandfather was born. And over there, across the field, is where my mother was born. And over here is where my grandmother taught school at a one-room school called the Gibson School, named after our family. And then as we got to Blissfield, I said, now here's the railroad tracks. They're still here, where my great-grandfather was a conductor on the railroad that traveled from Toledo to Kalamazoo. And this is the town where my grandmother literally grew up, and this is the place where she went to college in 1917 the second class of the county normal as she studied to be a teacher. I don't know if they cared about all this historical information or not, but it was uh, fun for me. And as I traveled, I also uh, saw some places that reminded me of some of the fears that I had as a child. If you've ever been between Britain and uh, Blissfield, you know there's some pretty deep drainage ditches. And as a kid, I was always afraid that our school bus would slide off the road into that ditch and uh, wouldn't be a good thing. I also was reminded of there's where the bully in our neighborhood lived. And, and there's the cemetery where my grandfather is buried, who died on my 12th birthday. And my wife says to me, was there ever a time in your life when you weren't afraid of something? And the answer to that is probably uh, not. But, you know, I thought about it. Proper fear really can be a gift from God. In fact, the commandments tell us fear, love, and trust in God above all things. The fear of God doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as being afraid of Him, but it means having a healthy respect for who God is and what He is capable of. We are to fear God. We are to love Him with our whole heart. We are to avoid that which displeases Him. 
I'm sure you were raised the same way I was. My parents taught me to fear, have a healthy fear for certain things. My dad taught me to have a healthy fear and respect for tractors and machinery. They can be dangerous. My mother taught me the fear of water, probably because she didn't know how to swim. You know, a proper fear stops us from saying and doing things that could be hurtful to others or even dangerous to ourselves. But you know, sometimes fear crosses the line. When it dominates our life, when it really rules our life with an iron hand. And if you think about it, fear has a long history. It goes all the way back to the very beginning, doesn't it? Adam and Eve eat from the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden. They think that they've been told by the devil that they will be just like God, that their eyes will be opened. But the devil did not tell them about the consequences of sin. He did not tell them about fear. Immediately, what do they do? They begin to try to hide from God. In the Bible, the phrase, fear not, occurs 365 times. And in the life And in the ministry of Jesus, we constantly see Him ministering to people who are filled with fear. Either fears about their life, their health, their family, or even those who are dealing with the fear of death. Even Jesus defeated that greatest fear when He died and rose again. And on that Easter Sunday morning, the angel was there at the empty tomb, and he announced to Jesus' followers, Fear not, for he is not here. He is not dead. He is alive. He is risen, just as he said. You know, even the great heroes of faith enumerated in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, even these people were not immune to fear. So why should we think that we should not have to deal with it? You realize that doctors say that the number one reason people come to their office is out of fear. Maybe you remember that uh, comedian and singer by the name of Dean Martin. He said this, show me a man who doesn't know the meaning of fear and I'll show you a dummy who gets beat up a lot. It's probably not a great saying, but some of you probably know of other people, famous people, who have dealt with great fears in their life. The story of Howard Hughes is an incredibly sad one. Toward the end of his life, this multi-millionaire became so afraid of getting sick and dying that he shut himself off, locked himself away in his penthouse from the rest of the world, thinking that he could somehow save himself. And then, of course, the most famous person from southeast Michigan also dealt with his share of fears. A man by the name of Henry Ford. It is said that when Henry Ford would go to his farm in Macon, not far from here, he would stop at the Four Corners in Saline, where Dairy Queen is today. Used to be a restaurant and a motel that Kenny Vols's family owned. Those of you remember him. And his entourage would phone out to the farm and say, he's going to be there in about a half hour. So make sure you do what? Make sure you go around all the yard and pick up all the chicken feathers. Because he had a phobia against chicken feathers of all things. But enough about all of them. What about us? What fears 
are you dealing with today? Maybe you have fears about your health or the health of your loved ones. Maybe you're facing tests this next week. Or maybe you have fear about the direction that our country is heading. Maybe you have fears about the upcoming election in November. You know, it seems to me that fear and anxiety go together. Fear and anxiety are often the byproducts of a solo performance in our life. You know, sometimes I get so irritated with myself that I cave in to fear. But it's often my own fault because I decide to go it alone instead of putting my faith and trust where it belongs. Not in myself, not in my things, not in my securities, but in God. And really, isn't that the point of today's lesson? The writer to the Hebrews says, faith is being sure. Being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This faith is more than just head knowledge. It is believing and trusting with all our hearts in the power and the love of God as He has shown it to us in His life, death, and resurrection. Faith is being sure that God loves us and that He has the power to save us, to forgive us, and to give us eternal life. This is really the kind of faith that the world knows nothing about. What do you see when you look at the world today? What do you see as you see people the way they treat one another and the way they talk to one another? Many of them, they would not want to admit this, but many of them are dealing with great fears in their life. I can look back upon my own life. I can look back upon my grandfather's life. He lived with a lot of fear. He would be the last person to admit it, though. You see... The writer to the Hebrews had a problem. People during his time were leaving the Christian faith in droves. And why were they leaving the Christian faith in droves? Because they wanted a more reasonable faith. They wanted a faith, they wanted a religious system that made sense according to the world's thinking. Many of the Christians at that time were following and desiring a scientific belief. They believed that God could not have created the world out of nothing. And so they wanted to believe that somehow this world got here by itself. You know, really, have things changed today? No. You have the same thing. More than ever, we find people, even in the church, who are desiring and clamoring for a reasonable faith. It's not reasonable to believe that God created the world. It's not reasonable to believe in the virgin birth. It is not reasonable to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. A faith based upon reasoning rather than the Word of God. The problem is, faith is not reasonable. It does not go according to our thinking. Faith is trust in what we do not see. 
I mean, as Don said, who among us this morning has seen our Heavenly Father with our physical eyes? Who among us have seen Jesus die on the cross or rise again from the dead? And yet, what does Jesus tell us? He says, blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Faith is believing without seeing. You see, through the work of the Holy Spirit, our souls have been given the eyes of faith. And it is through these eyes of faith that we can look to the cross and look to the empty tomb and be certain. And anyone who has ever been saved or ever will be saved has the same faith eyes. The same kind of faith eyes that Abraham had. What God told him was not reasonable. That he would have a child, a son, that he and his wife, even in their old age, that they would have a child who ultimately through that child would come the Messiah. This whole promise of God seemed unreasonable. And yet Abraham believed his faith. He believed his God. His God-given faith overcame the idea of what was in the world's thinking impossible. So how dare we, how dare I, limit God's power in my life to when and where it fits my purposes. You know, I fear, in my fear I bring God down to the level of my thinking. In my fear I reduce God to my capabilities to deal with my life. So let me ask you this question this morning. Is your life one of faith? Or is it one of fear? Again, sometimes I get extremely angry. I'm not proud of being a fearful person. But you know, as I look back upon my life, I can see where God has even taken this and turned it around and used it for my good. Because those fears always drive me to Jesus. I say to myself repeatedly, where would I be without my faith? Where would I be without Christ? They remind me that no matter what you are facing today, no matter what you are dealing with, faith in Jesus says to you, do not be afraid. I am here. Trust me. Trust me. His words, do not be afraid, are backed up, as your grandson said, with the action of his life, death, and resurrection. You see, in every fear, Jesus is the answer. You've got to write that down. In every fear, Jesus is the answer. Because of Christ Jesus, we can be absolutely sure that we have what God has promised. If then we have the absolute assurance of salvation, why can we not trust God Him, with Him in all things in our everyday life? There's one last thing here I want to say before I wrap this up. You know, God tells us that faith comes from where? Hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the Word of God. How can we have such a faith unless we are hearing and studying the Word of God? Listen again to what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us 
consider how to stimulate one another with good deeds and love. Not forsaking our assembling together as has become the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. I don't know about you, but I see the day drawing near. How important it is for us to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, to encourage one another. And whether we realize it or not, some people would refer to me as one of those religious kooks. I consider that a great honor to be called a kook for Christ. But we are involved in a battle, a real spiritual battle. It is a war against Satan and his forces. It is a war with the world that demands that all things bow down to fear and bow down to the God of reason. And you know, at present, if you look at the Christian church today, you would have to conclude that we are losing this battle. As a vast majority of people, again, are looking at the things of the world. They're not looking to God. They want a faith that is tailored with the views of this world and our sinful emotions. So what are we to do? It is time for us to put our faith into action. But how are we to do that? Again, the answer is simple. And yet it's difficult. Immerse yourself and your families in the Word of God. Hold fast to your faith. Put your trust in Christ. And you know one other thing. As Christians, we have to stop this kind of thinking which says that worship and the study of God's Word is optional. You know, golf is optional. Going to the U of M football game is optional. There's a lot of things that are optional, but worship isn't. Being in worship and in the Word of God is not. Hear the Savior's words. Do not be afraid. Hear God's Holy Spirit. He is calling you and me today to trust in the One who has already come to our rescue. The One who does not want your life to be robbed and put out of commission by fear. The bottom line is, is that in every fear, Jesus Christ is your answer and mine. In His name we ask it. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank You, thank You, thank You. Words seem so inappropriate and, or so small, but thank You for the gift of our faith. Where would we be without You? Lord, we pray for ourselves. We pray for our families. We pray for this body of believers in this place. And we pray for our nation and our world. We find ourselves, Lord, in some deep doo-doo. We find ourselves uh, kowtowing to fear and all the other things of evil in this world. We know that we're involved in spiritual warfare and we can't deal with it by ourselves. But You are our refuge and strength. You are our rock and foundation. You are our light and our mighty fortress. Lord, grow us and strengthen us in our faith. Lord, we pray and we ask this in Your name and all of God's people said, Amen.